Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, God bless you. How are you today? Everybody good? Excellent, excellent. Glad you're here. I'm excited about uh, this message today. Very excited about this series. Uh, Welcome to all of you that are with us online. I know we're entering into vacation season. Uh, How many of you uh, students are really pumped to be out of school? Yeah, right? Excited, excited. How many parents are already ready for your kids to go back? Any? Okay, just checking, just checking. Uh, it's a bittersweet, it's a bittersweet thing. Um, today, as we continue with this series called Inspired, I hope you're enjoying this series. You guys enjoying this? Um, it's very important that we talk about the Holy Spirit, that we dig in deep uh, to the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Today, as we walk out this next uh, part of the series, we're going to be talking about each one of the different gifts of the Spirit. I want to explain them to you. I want you to understand them at a higher level. And deep in my heart, I want you to pray for them and to embrace them and ask the Holy Spirit to awaken and release God's powerful gifts inside of your life. Amen? We all want to walk in God's power. Nobody wants to live their life in your own power, right? That's not anything that any of us desire. I want to live my life with God's power added to it, his super added into our natural. Amen? Amen. Let me pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would quicken my mind, that you would speak through me. Father, give me the perfect words to say. Quicken the ears of each and every person, whether they're in this room listening or watching online or listening to a podcast or, or, or a video on YouTube later on in the year, Father. Awaken their spirit in this moment. Quicken them and give them the word that they need in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to, as we talk about the topic of gifts, I I don't know, everyone has different types of attitudes towards gifts. Some people are all about getting gifts and giving gifts. Other people, it just doesn't matter that much, right? Um, At my house, when Christmas time comes around, uh, all of the kids make lists of gifts, but nobody's list is longer than the kid that I married. Um, Jennifer loves Christmas. She loves Christmas. She loves Christmas gifts. And can I tell you that for the first 15 years of our marriage, Jennifer ruined Christmas because she married a guy who's not a very good liar. And she would ask me and get right in my face and say, did you get me this? No. Did you get me this? No. Did you get, you did. Oh, you did get me that. And she literally, and I would get mad and throw things and yell and, because she would ruin Christmas. And so I had to really seek the Lord to learn how to lie better. So I wouldn't, I'm just joking about that part, but come on, we have to get creative sometimes. But I remember this one specific Christmas that I did such a great job lying. And I actually, we were in the middle of a a season where we were buying and selling and flipping cars. And so Jennifer had this one specific car that she really wanted. And you know, you see the videos, like the commercials of, you know, people getting new cars for Christmas and they get a big bow on it. And it's like, yeah, right. Good good luck with that. Uh, But we actually, I got to, I got to do that one time because we were moving cars and whatever. And she had this one specific car she really wanted so bad. And so I uh, worked it out with my dealer friend that I was buying and selling through. And, and I, I went 
went to another friend that worked at a, a big dealership and I got one of those gigantic bows and I went to a neighbor behind us because the car got delivered a couple days early. So I went and worked with the neighbor behind us to let me park this car uh, on in his cul-de-sac in front of his house for a couple of days. And then I worked the whole thing out perfectly to be able to come up with an excuse to slip out the back door right in the middle of opening up all the Christmas gifts. I disappear and then I pull around front and I put the big bow on and honk in the horn and she comes outside and she's so excited and it was finally a Christmas that I got to surprise and it was really cool and she loved that car and she drove that car into the ground, right? One of those things where you just, you, you really use a gift. But have you ever gotten a gift that you never used? Did you, did you get a gift? Maybe when, when you got married, did you get a gift that you're like, whoa, whoa, what were they thinking, right? We had a registry. There's a whole list. How can you get a bad gift when there's like a, a registry? For crying out loud, just pick one that's on there, right? Uh, I got a lot of bad gifts in my life. Uh, we, we, this last Christmas, um, Blakely wanted a skateboard. And, and so she got a skateboard, but the problem is we live in the country on a gravel road. You can't skate in the country. What are you going to skate in the house? So it's a gift that sat there and it still hasn't been used. And it doesn't have the trucks on it and the wheels on it. And you know, at some point in time, babe, you're going to get to use that skateboard. We're going to figure that thing out. But come on, sometimes gifts are given and they never get used. Sometimes gifts are given and they never get opened. You ever got a, a really complicated gift? You had to actually read, do some research, figure out how to use it? When the Holy Spirit came, he came with gifts. The Bible says that when Jesus ascended on, upon high, he gave gifts down to men. And the Holy Spirit is the gift that was promised to us so that God would live inside of us by his Spirit, but the Holy Spirit himself is full of gifts, nine specifically. And I wanna walk through those gifts today, but I wanna talk first about the meaning and the motive and the reason behind the gifts. First and foremost, generosity is God's nature. Amen? You serve a God who is generous. You serve a God who gives because it's just who he is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus is the picture of generosity. And because of that, we need to understand that love is the motive behind the gifts. The only reason for the gifts of the Spirit is love. The only reason for the gift of Jesus is love. See, humans oftentimes will give to get. Humans will give with strings, expectations. Husbands sometimes will give with expectations. Wives sometimes, children. Have you ever had your kid being eerily polite? And thoughtful, like something's wrong here, something's up, and then and then it comes, Daddy. Um, I was just thinking that can I maybe in right? It's human nature. We negotiate. We we we, we work things out. 
It's not necessarily a bad thing. When God gives, now watch this, watch this. God gives with no strings attached, but God gives in faith. See, God gave Jesus in faith that we would turn to him and believe. So the gift of Jesus is actually a gift of faith. Now there's no strings attached because you don't have to receive it if you don't want to. But if you decide to receive Jesus, you can receive eternal life. And it was a gift given in faith and a gift received in faith. In the same manner, when we accept Jesus and come to faith in Jesus, we accept in faith and it's to receive salvation. But there are lots of benefits that come to being inside of the family of God, inside of the kingdom of God. But it's different in the sense that if God does nothing more for you than salvation, that's enough. That's enough. See, our short lives on this planet, they seem really long to us. But in the span of eternity, in, in, in the scheme of the greater cosmos that we are a part of, they're small, they're short. The Bible says it's, it's fleeting moments. It's like grass that, that's there for a moment and then withers away our lives like a vapor. But while we're on the planet, God has called us to do great works. It says that we are saved by faith or, 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 or by grace through faith, not by works so that no one can boast. No one gets to boast about how good they are in regards to their righteousness. Paul said, my righteousness is way better than yours and it's still like filthy rags. So we understand that we're given this gift of salvation, but that same passage in Ephesians says that we're saved by grace through faith unto good works. So there are good works that God prepared for us in advance. And sometimes work takes the right tool. Gentlemen, have you ever had a specific task, maybe a honeydew task or something your wife really wanted you to do and you didn't have the right tool? I'm not very handy. Don't say amen, honey. She, she, she had a long list of, of things that she wanted her husband to be and she didn't get handy or tall. Uh, so anyway, praise the Lord, she got what she got. And, and, but I'm not very handy. But even I... If I have the right tool, can get a job done. But if you've ever tried to do a job with the wrong tool, it is so unbelievably frustrating. Well, that's part of the reason that God gave us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came with a specific set of gifts and skills. It's because you're going to run into situations in life where you don't have the tool, but the Holy Spirit does. You don't have the ability, but the Holy Spirit does. For those of you that are parents, can you remember that moment when all of a sudden you realized that you were in way over your head? Can you imagine what it was like for parents 100 or 200 or 1,000 years ago? They didn't have Dr. Spock's little book. You know the one I'm talking about? The, like the, 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 the guru book for babies or whatever? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And even then, we don't know what the heck we're doing. Your very first kid, the second they cried, they had a fever for the first time, you're running to the ER, you're freaking out, you're like, and the doctor's like, they just need to go to the bathroom. That's all, they're okay, right? 
by the third or fourth kid, you don't even care anymore. It just doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's one of those weird things, but you don't realize how in over your head you are until you're there. Well, life is full of those moments. Life is full of those opportunities. And we need to understand that love is the motive behind the gifts. It's the motive that God gave the gifts. But listen, it's the motive that we use the gifts. The gift that you use from God, the motive is love. If you use God's gift without love, you've missed the whole point of the gift in the first place. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, speaking specifically of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and yet I show you a more excellent way. He goes on to say, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but do not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I'm just making noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge. And though I have faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. See, the gifts of the Spirit are not given for the sake of just having gifts. The gifts of the Spirit are not given just so that you could have more power just for power's sake. The gifts of the Spirit are given so that you can operate in the love of God at a higher level and be able to actually do the things that Jesus did, just like he said you could. See, Jesus said that, that any of us that believe would be able to do what he did in even greater things in his name. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus did the miraculous works that he did. See, Jesus lived on the planet for 30 years and didn't do any miracles until one day he went out to meet his cousin, John the Baptist, in the wilderness and talked John the Baptist into baptizing him in water. John said, you don't need to be baptized in water. See, water baptism is specific for the remission of sins, for the cleansing away of sins. Water baptism is about repentance. John the, Baptist, John the Baptist understood that Jesus was the Lamb of God, the sinless Lamb of God, came to take away the sins of the world. He didn't have any sin to be baptized for. So John said, you don't need this baptism. I need to be baptized by you. You're the one that's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire, with power. And Jesus said, allow it to be so, for I must fulfill the will of my Father. The Heavenly Father wanted to baptize Jesus. He didn't need the water for sins, but there was a picture that he was painting, and it was the picture of how we would model after him that we need the remission of sins, but Jesus didn't only receive in that water baptism the water, he received the Holy Spirit as well. The Spirit descended upon him, it says, like a dove and remained. And Jesus came out of the water in the power of the Holy Spirit and began to do miraculous works everywhere he went. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit came that Jesus walked in the power of God in the earth. And he's called us to do the same. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I do not want you to be ignorant. Say that. Don't be ignorant. Didn't that feel nice? 
See, ignorant is such a better word than stupid. Right? Such a better word. Don't be stupid. Come on. Ignorant just means you haven't learned yet. Doesn't mean that you have a low IQ. It just means you haven't learned yet. Paul, the apostle Paul said, hey, when it comes to spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to learn about them. I want you to understand them. I want you to comprehend them. I want you to recognize what's available because you're going to run into situations where you're going to need something that you don't have in and of yourself. So don't be ignorant about those things. Now look at this as we read through this list of the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of power. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 says, There are diversities or differences of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now I want you to recognize it says different types of gifts, the same spirit, different types of ministries, the same Lord, different types of activities, but the same God. These gifts are broken down into three specific categories right off the bat. Three categories of three gifts each equals nine gifts of the spirit. Now let's look at them. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Why are the gifts given? For the profit of all. Okay, it's for the whole body of Jesus Christ. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits, and to another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things by distributing to each one individually as he wills. So let's walk through these gifts. Let's talk about these. I want to first mention that these three main categories of gifts of the spirit, I'm going to break down to you in three different words. Are you ready? Demonstrating gifts. We have gremlins today. Do we have gremlins? Yeah, Apparently we have, we have a light gremlin. Is this thing on? Maybe? Yes, check, check. All right, very good. Demonstrating gifts. Isn't it just like the devil trying to mess up talking about the gifts of the Spirit? I hope all of y'all online can hear this and you're, you're not checked out. Stay with us. Demonstrating gifts, discerning gifts, and declaring gifts. All types of different gifts. Same Spirit. Now let's look at this. In fact, I, I want to just take a second, and I want to talk about this number nine. What is, what is the purpose? In the Bible, numbers have meanings. They have a representation. And nine in the Bible represents a divine plan that is a complete and a perfect plan. So there's nine months till a baby is born. Uh, Jesus died at the ninth hour of the day. Jesus, after he arose from the dead, revealed himself in Scripture nine different times to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Three is the number of the Trinity, and three times nine, or times three is the number nine. There are three parts of the human being, spirit, soul, and body. So you see a perfect plan coming together that the gifts of the spirit are to function inside of the body of a believer as part of the perfect plan for our lives. Amen? Can you see that in scripture? 
So let's look at these, the demonstration gifts. You have the gift of faith. Now, I want to take just a second because the scripture talks specifically about how the Holy Spirit gives specific gifts to specific people. So one of the number one things that I hear as a pastor is, well, God didn't give me that gift. The gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, the gift of interpretation. Well, God didn't give, God, maybe he gave me this gift, but he didn't give me that gift. Let's look at one of the very first gifts that's part of the demonstration gifts, the gift of faith. Is there anybody here that doesn't have faith? I just messed up a whole doctrine right there. Every single person in this room has faith. Every single person in this room have, has access to a portion of faith. What this is saying is that there is a additional dispensary, an additional portion that some people can walk in crazy faith. Some people can walk in super faith, like outrageous super I met a guy that many of you might have known at one point in time or might have seen. His name was Robert Mitchell, and he was a prophet. He would come to our church all the time. And this gentleman, I had many opportunities and many experiences with him where I got to host him and take him places and all this kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, the wildest man I've ever met in my life, we would be at Rick's Steakhouse and the waitress would come by and he would pull out a $100 bill and he would give a waitress a $100 bill we hadn't even ordered yet. He's like, can I tell you what I see in you? You just look like a rose to me. What's your name? Rose. I'm talking, her name would be Rose. It's just outrageous, crazy faith. This guy was, don't try this, don't try this. This guy, I remember a specific time that he felt like God wanted him to wire $10,000 to another ministry. So he called the person, said, hey, I'm sending you $10,000 for your ministry. He didn't have $10,000. He goes to the bank to make a wire out of an account that he doesn't have money in. On the way to the bank, he gets a call from another person and says, hey, the Lord told me I'm supposed to wire you some money. I'm doing it right now. It's $20,000. And by the time he gets to the bank and gets everything set up, the other wire's in and he's able to wire. Crazy faith. Now all of you have faith. But some people have been given a level of faith that's an additional portion from the Holy Spirit. Yet all of you have the gift of faith. Why am I spending time with this? Because I want you to understand, first and foremost, that every single one of these gifts of the Holy Spirit are available inside of the Holy Spirit, and every single one of you have access to them if you're in need of them. I don't have the gift of swim like Michael Phelps, but I can swim. I don't have the gift of basketball like Michael Jordan, but I can dribble and I can play horse. I don't wanna be on the basketball court with Michael Jordan. I don't wanna be in the pool with Michael Phelps, but I promise you, neither one of them wanna be in the ring with me. Because I have my own gifts. I have my own specialties. But listen, the point is this, I can run, I can jump, I can swim, I can do lots of different things that I don't have a world-class gift in but I can still do them. 
And as you go through this list of the gifts of the Spirit, one of the biggest problems that people have when they look at the gifts of the Spirit is they look at them through a lens of can't. They look at them through a lens of I don't have those. And the true way to look at them is through the lens of I have the Holy Spirit and all of these gifts are in the Holy Spirit. So I have access to whatever I need at any moment. Now I wanna make friends with people that have specialties in these things, but it doesn't mean that I don't have access to it because I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. Listen, there are people that have a supernatural gift for miracles, the word for miracle, this is interesting, the word for miracle is the word for dynamite. It says the working of miracles, it literally means energy dynamite. That's the Greek word, it's pretty cool. The gift of healing, the word for healing is cures and remedies. Cures and remedies. Did you know that God can work through doctors? God can work through naturopaths. God can work through nutritionists. God can work through his miracle power. Does he need a doctor? Maybe sometimes. He chooses to use them. But there are lots of situations and circumstances where there's no doctor available and God heals and brings cures and does miraculous things because somebody's in the room who chooses to believe and access that power. See, I told you last week, I grew up in this stuff. I remember a specific time, this is a horrible story, but I, I, had, a, I had a bunny rabbit named Snowball, a white bunny rabbit with bright pink eyes. It was the freakiest nightmare of a bunny rabbit you could ever imagine, one of those albino ones. And I remember reading a book growing up called Bunicula, right? It was a vampire bunny rabbit. Anyway, never mind. I had one. Uh, this bunny rabbit was, was such a sweet little bunny rabbit, and, and I wanted to show him to my friend but he went behind a rose bush. So I had a stick and I was poking back in there and, I, and just trying to get him to run out so I could show S Snowball to my friend and, and I poked him in the eye. It was not good. I'm not gonna be graphic, but it was not good. My parents said, there's nothing we can do. All you can do is pray. So we gathered around and as a little eight-year-old kid, I laid hands on Snowflake or Snowball or whatever the heck his name was. And, and, and literally his eye healed, healed, completely healed. Now it took time, but I'm talking about, I just can't tell you how bad it was. It was, uh, you would have nightmares if I told you how bad it was. I still have not, Never mind. I don't really have nightmares, but it was really bad. Like it was impossible, bad, like movie, bad eyeball problem. And God healed it for a bunny rabbit for an eight year old kid. That's wild. But that's how I grew up, praying for gerbils and hamsters and bunny rabbits and whatever, and watching the power of God as a kid. Because I grew up in a family that welcomed and believed in that and embraced that type of thing. So just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Because I've seen it. I've seen all types of miraculous things in my lifetime. So I choose to believe. You know what else I choose to do? I choose to invite opportunities. I choose to invite opportunities. When someone talks to me about a problem, I spoke at a graduation a couple nights ago, and after the graduation, I had two different people at two different times come up to me that related to me, and both of them were in tears because of something they were dealing with in their life. 
You know what I didn't do? I didn't say, hey, that's nice. I'll be praying for you. You know what I did do? Hey, can we pray right now about that? Would you be okay if we pray? Come on, guys. I'm talking about inviting an opportunity in. It doesn't matter how many pitches come your way if you don't swing the bat. Well, what if I strike out? You're going to strike out if you don't swing. You might as well swing. You might actually hit something. See, I remember a time where I became so convinced that God wanted to operate in miracles and healing and power and all that type of stuff that I just began to talk about it all the time and tell people God was going to do it all the time and, and ask people to pray and anybody. And I remember praying for someone at a camp in Idaho and I, I had a, a word would be called a word of knowledge. I had a supernatural understanding that God wanted to heal some specific things. And so I, I, I began to pray for people that had vision problems. And one lady came forward because she had a colorblind uh, situation, condition. And her husband was standing behind her praying for her. And I'm praying for her, not her husband. No one prayed for her husband. Her husband, his name was Octavio. Octavio, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, goes, oh my God, oh my God. We're like, what, what's going on, what's going on? He said, I can see. Octavio was colorblind too. And he had what was called blue-black colorblindness, which doctors told him he would never see the world as God designed it. No one even touched him. No one even prayed for him. He got healed while he prayed for someone else. He didn't even ask for it. Because I'm telling you guys, God is God. He does amazing things. And if you'll open the door for opportunity, you might see some stuff. The demonstration gifts are gifts of faith, gifts of miracles, gifts of healing. God is a healer. One of his names is Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord that heals. That's why we're opening up our, 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 our altar every single service. If you ever need any prayer for anything, right now it's, we're, we're creating a new habit inside of our church. During the fourth song, you need prayer for anything at any time. Just come here and know that someone will pray for you, and we're going to believe for miracles. We're going to believe for healing. We're going to believe for God to speak. We're going to believe for God to touch situations. We're going to believe. Why? Because God is a God of power. He's a God of solutions. The Holy Spirit is here, and he's full of gifts of power. So the discerning gifts. Demonstration gifts are faith, miracles, and healing. Discerning gifts, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, and the discerning or distinguishing between spirits. Let's talk about these for a second. You have access to the Holy Spirit to have solutions that you didn't have previously. A gift of wisdom is different than a gift of knowledge. A gift of knowledge, knowledge is the word gnosis in the Greek. It, it means to know something. It's similar to where we get the word for science. Science is the study of knowing things. So gnosis means that you can have access to information that you shouldn't have access to. You can know something about someone or some situation or some problem that you shouldn't have natural ability to understand or know anything about it, but the Holy Spirit will give you a word of knowledge in a moment so that you can speak to something. 
And guys, this isn't just for stuff in church. This can be in your grocery store. This could be with your waitress. I've told you story like this after story like this of a time where I'm doing my business consulting and I'm in a hospital and, and I told these people, administrators and doctors and, and people around the table that, that I, I told them, I said, I have a special gift. My gift is to see greatness in people. Can I tell you what I see in you? Every single one of these non-Christian people said, yes, please tell me. Who doesn't wanna know what's good about them? And I tricked them. And I went around the table one by one by one, and I prophesied over them and spoke words of knowledge over them, things that I had no access to on my own. But the Holy Spirit gave me knowledge, and person after person in a hospital is crying at a boardroom table because of the Holy Spirit being invited into a business. Come on, guys. Get outside of these walls, get outside of this church, get outside of the, of the norm of where you think stuff is supposed to happen. Revival happens when you take the Holy Spirit out there, not just come in here. But you've gotta believe that you have access for this. You have to believe that you can have a supernatural gift of wisdom, that a problem can arise and you don't understand what to do or have the solution, but you can pray and the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom to make the right decision. Doesn't make sense to anyone else, but it makes sense to you. How about the discerning of spirits? Oh, this is massively important. If you are a parent and have a teenager who's going to start dating, you better have the discerning of spirits and know when there's a demon that shows up at your house or an angel. I can't tell you how many times my parents would go, uh-uh. My dad would say, don't ever bring that person here again. And then Jennifer came. And my parents said the first time they met her, they knew. Isn't that wild? You better have some discerning of spirits to, to see what spirit is on someone, to recognize what, spirit, what the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of a situation. It's important. Could save you from a massive business failure if you can discern the spirit that someone's accessing. Don't do business with that person. I can't tell you time after time, my wife has this gift. Time after time, she's like, mm-mm, I don't feel it. Something wrong there. No, but, and I'm the one, I trust everyone, and she side-eyes everyone. <laughs> she's like, mm-mm, not that one. Don't trust them. I'm like, what, babe? They're great. Uh-uh. Something there. Watch. Come on, guys, I'm talking about an important gift to protect you. Anybody here ever get in a bad relationship? Bad business relationship? Bad deal? It can mess up your life. Let's look at the last category, declaration gifts. Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Prophecy means to speak forth with divine counsel, that you can have access to something that God knows, something that God is saying. You understand that everything God does, he does by saying it. If you need something to shift and change in your life, prophecy is one of the number one ways to see that happen. You should prophesy over your children. You should prophesy over your spouse. You should prophesy over your work, over your business deals, over your finance. Speak God's will over it. Declare God's will over it. Well, how do I know? Ask. 
Read your Bible, because God's word is full of his will. You can understand the basic will of God by reading the Bible. And then you can ask for specific and supernatural things to declare over situations. We talked about the gift of tongues last week in extension, in, in, in a large extent, and understand the difference between a tongue that is prophetic, that's an actual word for the body of people that needs to have the gift of interpretation to come along with it, and a tongue that is your personal prayer language that you can pray in all the time. Can I tell you that as a college student, I operate in the gifts of the Spirit? I would sit in my exams and I would pray in the Holy Spirit in my personal prayer language and I would ask God for words of knowledge because I needed to be reminded of the answers on some of those tests and some of those exams because I'd studied them, but I needed a supernatural boost. My grades in college were exponentially higher than my grades in high school, taking much harder subjects. What shifted? My spiritual life. That's it. It's the same bonehead kid. But I was accessing a spiritual advantage by the Holy Spirit to be able to live my life at a different level than I was, had previously lived it. We don't have to go through life on our own power. See, we need to understand the practical purposes of these gifts of the Spirit, but you have to remember the gifts of the Spirit are not only for you. They're for the body at large. See, here's one of the things that we have to make sure that we avoid when we begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul initially said, don't be ignorant about the gifts. I'm going to change the word. Don't be arrogant about the gifts. Have you ever met somebody that was really arrogant about their spirituality? It's pretty obnoxious. You ever met someone that when they would introduce themselves, they would introduce themselves with their spiritual title? I'm the prophetess so-and-so. I'm the evangelist so-and-so. You don't need to do that. Uh, you know, I, I, have, I know people that are doctors. They'll oftentimes walk up and just say, my name's John. My name's, I, I, my accountant never comes up and says, hello, my name is the accountant, Tracy. <laughs> See, what happens we begin to, as human beings, sometimes we begin to tap in to the power of the Holy Spirit and we start to think it's about us. It becomes our title. Guess what? All of the gifts belong to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is a gift given to you. You don't actually own any of them. They're all given inside of the Holy Spirit. You have access to them inside the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. It's important that we're not arrogant. God can use anyone. I had a, I had a time in my life, I had a, a crazy friend. Anybody ever had a crazy friend? This dude was certifiable, bonkers. Loved him, nuts. I'm talking future cult leader crazy, nuts. This dude was nuts. We're not friends anymore, anyway. This guy one time corrected me about something spiritually and I was so angry about it. And the thing that made me the angriest was he was right. And I'm going to God, I'm like, God, why him of all people that you're gonna use to correct me, why that guy? 
And this is what the Lord said to me. He goes, Joel, don't you remember the story where I used a jackass to talk to somebody before? I said, yes, I do remember that story. Goes, there you go. Sometimes you need a shock to your system. If God can use a donkey to speak, he can use one of your donkeys to speak. We can't get arrogant. See, the secret to walking in God's power is humility. It's humility. It's, it's in recognizing. See, the Bible says that when you are weak, then he is strong. His strength is perfected in your weakness. If you start thinking that it's about you, you've actually just weakened the Holy Spirit inside of your life. Because it's not about your power, it's about his power. See, you're, you're just the usher that helps people into a moment. You're not the actual star of the show. You're just the hostess that helps someone find a table. You're not the maitre d', you're not the chef. You're just, you're just a vessel, you're a conduit. So we can't get cocky or arrogant. And guys, I'm telling you, we see it happen all the time. Any of you that grew up in charismania, like I did, watched mega stars. Oh, the scariest thing to me about, uh, about doing great things for God is, 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 is fame inside of the Christian world. That's terrifying to me because I've watched over and over and over and over again someone that was so wonderful in an early season become a really big, big shot in their own mind and self-destruct. God said to Saul the king, or of Saul the king, I remember when he was small in his own eyes and I could use him. See, God wants us to operate in his power, but it's for his glory, not ours. It's for his body, not just ours. It's for his name, not just ours. And, and I want to encourage you, as Paul said, eagerly desire two times inside of this, these passages in First and in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 12 and in chapter 14, Paul said, I want you to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. That word in the King James is covet the gifts of the Spirit. Did you know that in the Ten Commandments, coveting is actually a sin? In scriptures, coveting is a sin, to covet something that someone else has. But, but the Apostle Paul challenges us to covet the gifts of the Spirit, to eagerly desire to want them bad. I'm gonna tell you one last story. This is a story I was about 17 years old. I, I rededicated my life at 17 after getting in a whole lot of trouble at 16, and, and it was a wake-up call for me. It was one of the best things that could ever happen to me was getting in the trouble that I got into. And I remember doing my best to turn my life around and, and, and follow the example of my dad, Ken, who was one of the greatest, godliest men I have ever known, and such an incredible example. My parents are wonderful, um, wonderful gifts of God that, that have given me such a rich inheritance of faith. And I, I, was, I was ironing clothes. I was in my, my mom's um, room, my parents' room, and I was ironing clothes, and I happened to turn on the TV, and there was an old... Um, old 
show on, and it was Oral Roberts. And many of you know who Oral Roberts is. I actually come from a uh, uh, kind of a spiritual lineage that's connected to Oral Roberts. Uh, all of my, my grandfather, both my grandfathers, my dad, um, um, all worked for Oral Roberts inside of his ministry. And in fact, my dad had polio as a child. And one day, Oral and Evelyn Roberts would go over to my dad's parents' house every week for, for dinner. Um, Oral Roberts was my dad's first pastor in Shawnee, Oklahoma. And uh, my dad had polio, and one day Oral laid hands on my dad, and, he, and, and my dad was miraculously healed of polio. Has no long side effects, anything like that, right? So, so I, I, I have a connection to that ministry and have um, for three generations. And so I'm watching Oral Roberts on the TV, and, and he's literally teaching this passage about the gifts of the Spirit. And he's talking about coveting the gifts and asking God for the gifts. And I remember being a 17-year-old kid and having this kind of impetuous, just, just, uh, just this kind of faith like, like, like a kid could have. And in my heart, I said, you know what? I want this gift and this gift and this gift. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get those gifts. I'm gonna ask God, I'm gonna receive those gifts. I'm gonna walk in those gifts. And once I have those gifts, then I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna walk in the rest of them too. That's 17-year-old Joel. Well, 17-year-old Joel started praying, 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 God, give me this gift. Give me this gift. I want to use it for your glory. Give me this gift. And the next thing that happens is all of a sudden, I start getting opportunities to minister, and these gifts start coming out of my life because I asked for them. Instead of sitting back saying, nope, 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 can't, 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 I said, gimme, 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 and then give me the rest of them too. Guys, at this point in time in my life, I, I've had the, the honor to walk in and, and operate in all of these gifts. Now, there are certain ones that are predominant for me and are instant for me, but you have access to all. And you just got to ask. So as I go through that list, what jumps out to you? What are you interested in? Which ones, which ones means, now God may give you something, I don't know how it works. There are certain, there, there are some, some of you, you may never step or operate in certain ones of these, but you operate in others, and that's fine. But eagerly desire the gifts. Covet the gifts, ask for the gifts, pursue the gifts. Why? For the benefit of the whole body of Christ. For the benefit of the whole body of Christ. Not so that you can be exalted, so that he can be exalted. Now, I, wanna, I shared that last story with you because I was in my mom's bedroom, my parents' bedroom. No one prayed for me to get those gifts except me. No one laid hands on me except me. It's a 17-year-old kid. I'm wondering what gift you might get today praying and asking yourself with faith and then being willing to provoke that gift. See, there's a place in scripture, Paul says to Timothy, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Timothy was actually anointed by Paul and received an impartation of a gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Paul told Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God. 
Now, remember when the Holy Spirit was poured out, there was a flame that rested on their heads, and it was like a tongue of fire, and they all began to speak in tongues and prophesy. I believe that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, when you pray in your spiritual prayer language, I believe that's one of the ways that you fan the flame of the gift of, God's in your, uh, gift of God in your life. But I want you to understand that word fan into flame, it comes from a Greek word, actually three words slammed together to make one word. It's the word anazopereo in the Greek. Anazopereo. Ana means up, to elevate. Zo comes from zoan, which means living. And pereo is from the word pur, which means fire. It means to stir up the living fire that's inside of you. Oh, that is such a cool word. Stir up the living fire that's inside of you. The Holy Spirit, God is an all-consuming fire, it says. And there's a fire of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. You're never supposed to go dim, guys. You're never supposed to let the fire go out. You are the priest. You're a king and a priest. And you are a priest of the kingdom of God in your life. And your job as the priest is to keep your fire burning. And the way you do that is by provoking it, stirring it up, getting into Holy Spirit moments where you're praying in the Spirit, you're worshiping in the Spirit. You're asking God to provoke that fire and to, and to stir that gift up inside of you. And I want to invite you to do that right now. If you would just stand to your feet, I want to pray with each and every one of you. And I want to just lead you in a prayer. And I, then I want you to begin to take this passage. This is 1 Corinthians 12. And it does say that God gives these gifts as he sees fit to each different person. But then it also says to covet them, to eagerly desire them, to want them, to pursue them. So I want to encourage you to do that. And I want to encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak in your life and to work in your life. Amen? Would you just lift your hands? Just turn both hands. Turn them up just like this, like you're receiving a gift right now. And would you just say this? Say, Father, I'm open. I want your gifts. I want your Holy Spirit to be active in my life. I want your fire to be active in my life. Would you give me the gifts of the Spirit right now? Not for my glory, for your glory. I want you just right now, just begin to think about the gifts that you want. And just in your own little prayer language where you are right now, just begin to talk to God and ask him. Maybe you want healing. Maybe you want discerning. Maybe you want wisdom or knowledge. Maybe you want miracle ability. Maybe you want crazy, ridiculous faith. Maybe you want the ability uh, to prophesy or to, or to declare things in, a, in, a, in an unknown language. Whatever those, whatever those desires are right now, just begin to ask God for it. Ask him for it. And now I want you to thank him for it. Because the Bible says if you ask, he'll give. If you ask anything according to, your, to his will, he hears it and he'll give unto you. So just begin to thank him specifically for that gift. And say this, say, Father, I receive. I've eagerly desired the great gifts. And I receive them right now. Help me to practice them. Help me to stir them up. Help me to fan the fire of your living spirit inside of my life. Give me opportunities to practice these gifts and give me the courage to step out into it. I give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. 
And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.